Welcome to Conowin's Corner, exploring the stars with two modern witches. I'm Corey. Detta, unfortunately, is out today, but she's here in spirit. Indeed, and I'm Conowin. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Pisces season. Pisces season? I know, wild, right? Here we are. Wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wild. I looked at my calendar a couple days ago, and I was like... It can't possibly be the middle of February already. Yeah. What the heck is happening? To clarify, there are there are a few more weeks of, of Corey season, so not to fear, my dear Aquarians <laughs> out there, <laughs> when we're recording this. Although when this comes out, I guess it's over. It's done. I'm so sorry. But we're moving on to Pisces season. Let's let in our space cadet friends, our fellow Pisces. We love you, Pisces. Yes. Happy birthday, Pisces. Happy birthday, Pisces. Let's get in our feelings. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be good. I mean, okay. I don't want to say it's going to be good, then have it turn to shit, right? That would, that is fair. <laughs> but I feel like we've had a lot of intensity. I feel like every time I come on here, I'm like, oh, are you ready? Are we ready? This one, there's some quiet moments. Oh, thank gosh. Thank you. I love Pisces. a quiet moment. Yeah. Right. There's, there's some, there's some pockets of peace, I think, in here or fantasy, however you want to look at it. But it's going to be right on. You know, this is a crazy year, too. Don't listen to me. I don't know. <laughs> but here we are really? listening to me. So I guess we're you're stuck. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Shall we dive in? Let's dive in. Let's do this. OK. Pisces season is going to begin on February 18th at 8.13 p.m. Pacific time, folks. So in the later part of the day is going to be when that sun moves into Pisces. We might feel, I should have mentioned this in previous episodes, when the sun is at that final 29th degree, so when it's at 29 degrees Aquarius, it's feeling that like last light of Aquarius. And the sun doesn't like light leaving it right the sun is all about light so that those moments can feel kind of like difficult so if pisces season you wake up early in the morning you're like okay it's pisces day it's february 18th conowin said that the sun's moving into pisces and then the day's a little like weird and stressful and, and not what you need it to be to move forward it's because it's not going to go into Pisces until the nighttime. And we're, we're three hours, you know, behind Eastern time. So my Eastern folks, like it's really the whole day of February 18th is still 29 degrees Aquarius. So just so you know, the energy is not going to be like, poof, done. Here we are, Pisces season bright and early on February 18th. We have the whole day of 29 degrees. But let's talk a little bit about where we're at in terms of the ingress. As the sun ingresses or moves into the sign of Pisces, we have two rulers for Pisces. These are going to be Jupiter, which rules our beliefs, our morals, our values, our big ideas, our optimism, luck, and opportunities. And he's hanging out in Taurus and will actually finally cross into new territory by the end of this season due to the retrograde that we had last year. It's finally going to cross past that 15 degrees Taurus mark. So that'll be interesting to see if you gain any headway at the end of the season on stuff you've been working on and doing. And then the other ruler, the modern ruler of Pisces is Neptune, which rules our imagination, our fantasy, unconditional love, illusions, delusions, all that's intangible and limitless, right? And the feeling we get of being high and the things that make us kind of high or wild or crazy. That's all the things that Neptune rules over. And it's actually wrapping up its time in Pisces this year where it's been for about 14 years, but it's going to be in Pisces this whole season. So 
We're going to talk about that a bit more because the sun will make a conjunction with Neptune. But uh, we're at the very end of the zodiacal wheel, folks. So while we celebrate, you know, Western, or I guess it's not even Western anymore because everybody around the world celebrates the new year in some fashion, typically January 1st, right? Although we do have Lunar New Year as well in February. By the way... Happy Lunar New Year. This was, On the day this was recorded, it's Lunar New Year's this weekend. Yes. Happy Lunar New Year. I know this is going to be late, but... You're the dragon, happy baby. Happy Lunar New Year. Yeah. Woo. Yes. Right? And then us astrologers celebrate the new year with the beginning of Aries season in the middle of March. <laughs> right? And, and you know, ancient Romans, too. They, I think a <laughs> few people anciently, like, also celebrate that new year in March. It's the end of the zodi- zodiacal wheel. This is a great time to think about all the end of the year things still. If you're not quite getting on the bandwagon of I need to get my new year started. It's okay. The zodiacal energy is not quite like ready to start over yet. We're not starting fresh with Aries yet. So if you have stuff you need to wrap up, close down, reflect on, like this is a time you can kind of treat this like a dark moon of the year, right? Before the moon goes new, we, you know, we have this like darker, reflective, quieter time. And that's really, truly Pisces season. And being ruled by Neptune, we can just sort of like swim in the seas of unconscious a little bit and rest and reflect before we have to propel forward. So if you have trouble getting started on that January 1st or even for the lunar new year you have yet another opportunity to open some doors and and you know get things going and then with I know a lot of I know a lot of folks who practice pagan practices and witchy practices they count new year as being the first day of spring yeah Happy Astara. (laughs) So we're almost to Astara, folks. So close. (laughs) So the moon is actually going to be in a gorgeous opening trine in Cancer when the sun is in Pisces once this ingress happens. So this is really lovely. This is, as much as I was talking about, you can wrap up things. This is also a good opportunity if you're trying to start something. This is good energy for that, or at least working on a creative project. And because both our sun and moon are in water signs, doing something that has to do with feelings, right? So like feeling good good, feeling nurtured, feeling loved, feeling limitless and imaginative, escape, take care of yourself, right? Maybe you want to start a new routine at home. Like this is this is honestly good energy and supportive energy of that as well. And making it intimate and again about feeling something, right? Do you want to feel more confident? Do you want to feel better? Do you want to feel healthier? That's a great way to start this, uh, especially in the realms of like Cancer Pisces energy, trying to nurture yourself in some way. And then Jupiter will be moving out of its sextile this entire season with Saturn, but it's still at play here because while it's it's separating technically, the planets are moving so slowly that this is still a really fantastic opportunity to build some solid foundations. So if that's something that you're focused on or want to start building and need to take the time to do it, like this is the time still to do it. Jupiter and Saturn are in this really lovely sextile between Taurus and Pisces. So we get that earth energy, that water energy together working to build something bigger that fulfills the dream and the big idea that we have with Saturnian like brick and mortar foundation that's strong, right? So I think it's actually a really nice ingress chart. In fact, I'm going to put this as one of my magic days, uh, sort of a little sneak peek, but this sun ingress into Pisces day one is honestly one of my favorite days of the whole month. So we'll go into more magic like for this specifically later when I talk about that, but I just wanted to put that out there beginning of Pisces season, we're starting off with a magical day. So 
I love that. Yeah, right? You know, let's get it let's get it going. Shortly after that, around like February 20th through 24th, around the 22nd is going to be when it's exact. We're going to have Venus conjunct Mars in Aquarius. So last month I talked a little bit about Venus and Mars moving into the sign of Aquarius, talking to Pluto, and then doing this dance together, right? And so when we see this conjunction happen right at the top of Pisces season, this is these two polarities, right? So you can think of it however you want. You know, a lot of astrologers will use the idea of Mars divine masculine, Venus divine feminine coming together. What does that relationship look like? What do relationships for you look like? What is your relationship to polarities, right? And what is the story going on here? I think we're going to have some indications of this that we can draw back from from Aquarius season. Because as they talk to Pluto and then do this dance with each other, this energy's already been at play here. So really the kind of climax of whatever this story is, is happening just right at the top of Pisces season in Aquarius. So wherever these are happening, this is in the later degrees of Aquarius, wherever that is in your chart, you might see some relationships starting to form or develop in this area of your life. So look at the house that the later degrees of Aquarius are in. But truly, they're moving together through all of Aquarius. So you might see this in multiple houses, multiple areas of your life. It's my fourth house. Oh, yeah. Bravo. I was yes. just, just like doing a little natal chart math. I love it. Yeah. Fabulous. On point. As always, Corey, you've been fantastic. <laughs> She's been on it. I just like to be a good student. You're phenomenal. <laughs> and I love, I love being here, like sharing stuff with somebody who listens. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Uh, normally it's just I'm me hugging astro you. babbling I'm hugging you in my mind oh yes right oh it's so good I'm I'm normally just astro babbling to people who are like what <laughs> you know this is fabulous thank you and that already brings us like right at the top of the season to our Virgo Virgo excuse me Virgo full moon at five degrees on February 24th at 4 30 in the morning so you can celebrate that full moon I would celebrate it if you're like working with full moon energy wait until the next night right unless you're up at 4 30 in the morning <laughs> What was that degree you said? It's at five degrees of Virgo. So this Perfect. this full moon, okay, I actually really typically like the Virgo full moon. And the reason being is Pisces season can tend to throw us into the unconscious seas of what the hell. And so it can feel very like watery and all over the place and like nothing is truly there. Boundaries are dissolving, right? Like dissolving being the key word. So for me, the Virgo full moon, I feel like always comes at a time where I need the sort of mundane routine, step-by-step process details illuminated, right, a little bit to kind of ground myself. I think this is one of the best grounding full moon opportunities we have in the whole year because Virgo reminds us to think small, to think what we can master in our own worlds, right, and what we can tangibly work with and manipulate and and use to our advantage and the resources that we need in order to progress forward. And I think that that can be really centering and grounding during a very timey-wimey season of Pisces. So I personally really like the Virgo full moon for this reason, and I encourage you all to work with it in that way. But if we look at the actual chart, right, we have the sun squashed right up next to Saturn opposing the moon. So Saturn's influence is going to be really strong here. In fact, the whole first half of uh, Pisces season, I would say Saturn's influence is going to be really 
prominent because it's at the beginning degrees of Pisces. So the the sun and the moon and all the interpersonal planets are talking to Saturn as they all move into Pisces together. And we have this big Pisces stellium coming up. So if we look at Saturn, these are themes, right, around daily discipline, around like mastering subjects or mastering talents, crafts, skill, right? And this is what I mean by mastery, right? This is what I'm talking about. Teaching, right? So mentorship, daily duties, constraints, boundaries, routines, schedules. So bringing it again back to the mundane tasks that we do in our day-to-day routines, eliminate those details and wherever you can be precise, like something may be illuminated that, you know, you have to look at the concrete details for, or perhaps you're the one doing the illuminating by like actually reading the fine print, right? And then, oh, okay, I'm discovering something. That full moon energy is illuminating whatever is in front of us that isn't lying in the small details. Now, during this full moon, I do want to emphasize Mars is going to be creeping up on a square to Jupiter. So it's really easy with this to get a little overambitious, right? Like our big belief system, Jupiter is like, yeah, 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 we can do it. And Mars creeping up into the square is causing this tension. So it can kind of be like this overinflated sense of confidence. It can look like a big outbursts, right? Think big planet making Mars energy anger, but it's not just anger. It's, it's, it's energy. It's passion. It's, you know, life force, right? It's it's making that bigger and blown up and not explosive blown up. Don't worry, we have that later. But Jupiter can make a big deal out of things, right? I know, so fun. <laughs> this for me is happening in my sixth house. I know I say this every time, but I'm just going to go over it really fast for any of you new listeners. Look where five degrees of Virgo is in your natal chart to have an idea of where this full moon might be playing out for you, the subject matter it deals with. And then if you want to do some magic on that night, some ideas on how to like work with that. So for me, it's happening in my sixth house. For me, I feel like this is very appropriate because the sixth house is all things like routine, daily duties, my job, you know, pets and animals around the house and all the things that like make up my day-to-day routine. So very Virgoan, right? And I'll be definitely using this full moon to probably illuminate part of that. Also health lies in that area, right? It's important time to take care of your body, take care of your health, your mental health, right? All these things. Corey, for you, and actually Detta also, this is happening in your 10th house. And so- Like just- Exactly. So you might be feeling it in both 10th house and 11th house themes. Detta, it's pretty firmly in- her 10th house. But Corey, for you, the 10th house, 11th house sort of blend together. We have 10th house, which is, this is going to be that legacy house, right? All the things that you're building toward that big idea, big dream that you want to make a lasting mark on the world. That's how the world sees you and kind of how you want the world to see you and, and to interpret you. So think it's, it's beyond just a job, right? It's like career. It's like legacy. It's like the big picture of who is Corey in this world, right? So it's affecting that area. Yeah. Hello. So hopefully you have some like illumination marvelous like something I know like with teaching here too because Virgo is there's a lot of emphasis around mastering and teaching that could be really interesting I hope that plays out in a lovely way for you it can also look like even finding a mentor too so I can go both ways right whether you're in that role or somebody else's maybe it'll mean I get that job I applied for (laughs) oh I hope so yes so move that please (laughs) that'd be wonderful with the 11th house too this could have some effect on, this is like community, friendships, hopes, dreams, wishes, right? So illuminating something about that. 
It might be, you know, these are kind of like the outward relationships. So this can look like social media and think far reaching. So it's beyond just like your intermediate community or your family or your like, you know, significant others. The 11th house is like everybody out there and then how you're interacting with the world out there. And then it again, it also holds our like hopes, dreams and wishes. So kind of all the things we're setting out to do. Activism tends to live in the 11th house here too. So lots of, lots of potential for you here. I think you're probably going to more prominently feel it in that 10th house, but it may be even come from an 11th house place for you in terms of yeah where that energy might be another thing I wanted to mention and I almost didn't mention it but I'm glad I'm going to talk about it because it actually fills right beautifully in with Virgo I don't typically talk about Chiron a lot on this channel just because (laughs) Chiron well it's fantastic it moves really really slowly and it's been in Aries for a really long time I wanted to talk about it a little bit because Pretty much from this full moon on February 24th all the way until March 14th, we're going to have Chiron conjuncting the North Node. And what I find interesting about that is on the the very beginning of this whole process, right, we have Virgo full moon happening. And Chiron is actually believed by some to be Virgo's true ruler because he was, you know, he was a teacher. He was a master. He, He gave, you know, like instruction and like healing to so many people. But he is the, you know to synthesize wounded healer, which is what we typically always call him in short for astrology, right? And so there's this idea that you're wounded. And then from that healing of that wound, you're able to heal others and teach others. So some people believe, some astrologers believe that Chiron really should be thought of as Virgo's true ruler, which I think there's a very interesting case for personally. It begins with this full moon where it's illuminating not only the Virgo part of our chart, but Chiron in Aries in like conjunction with that North Node. There's this overarching theme here of like, how do we attain healing and mastering or teaching like our highest ideals, right? Because that North Node represents all that we are trying to grow towards, strive toward. And how can we strive toward the healing and a progress through deeper understanding, through passing on to others, right? And sharing our spiritual wisdom with others. And then also, if we look at Virgo specifically, Virgo's influence on this, how can discernment, attention to detail, to detail, it's funny, I'm stumbling over that, (laughs) precision, right? You know, irony mastery, like how can that improve or heal an aspect of your life? So look at that Virgo part of our chart or because that North Node is traveling through Aries and conjuncting Chiron in Aries at this time, you can also look to the Aries part of your chart as some sort of a clue here. And how can you really strive toward those highest ideals? And you have all like pretty much all of Pisces season, this is going to be a focus. And I think this is really beautiful too, because so much about Pisces is connected to Neptune's unconditional love, right? And showing ourselves unconditional love and that kind of care and devotion and nurturing. This is a thing that keeps a theme that keeps coming up with this season. So it's why I'm I'm pretty encouraged by this season, I think, because we've a lot of us have been hurting. A lot of us have been seeing what's in the news and seeing what's out there in the world and really having a lot of anxiety about it. And I think that this gives us an opportunity to kind of focus small and go, okay, what can I do to feel better? First and foremost, And how can I heal myself in a way that like is lasting and can maybe potentially heal others around me? Like bringing up my energy may affect others. So um, I'm encouraged by this full moon. And while it's not all perfect because we have that Mars creeping up on the square to Jupiter. So again, don't get too over ambitious, right? It, I, I think that it sends us in a really healthy direction, or at least there's potential for that. So make the most of it if you can, folks. Love it. Cool. 
So shortly after that, actually, you know what? I lied. This is before that. That's funny. I have this in the wrong order. This time, (laughs) around this time, backtrack two days, Mercury will have entered Pisces. This is on February 22nd. So we'll probably feel quite a tone shift here because when Mercury leaves Aquarius where it's in its exaltation, it goes into Pisces where it's in its detriment. And Mercury in Pisces, not if you have a Mercury in Pisces, I promise you I'm not hating on you because what I love about Mercury in Pisces is it encourages us to communicate through all things intangible. How can we communicate through Piscean ideals like poetry, like music, meditation, projection, physical touch, right? Like how can we communicate without our words and without written word or emails or texts? And all of those things, of course, are like lumped in together. But like Pisces, Mercury wants to speak the words that can't be spoken. So it can make things confusing and a little diluted. So that's why Mercury, I think, is a little less comfortable here because it wants to be very precise. It wants to be like the opposite sign, Virgo, right? And have this discernment and exacting like this is the word chosen, right? Well, in Pisces, it's swimming out in the ocean. It, it, it can't really make words because we can't talk to each other underwater. <laughs> right? So yeah, <laughs> at least you know, we have to use things like sign language, right? Which is a different mode of communication. And if you don't understand the sign language, you're not going to know what's happening. This is kind of what can happen with people that have Mercury in Pisces. They have to have a different way of communicating that feels stronger and they struggle a little bit more with words or with speech, right? And it's easier to communicate through art or poetry or music or, you know, what have you. So this time as a collective, it may just be, you know, filled with some sorts of like, misconception or, you know, misunderstanding and just know that like people may not be able to communicate as clearly, but it's a wonderful time, especially those of you who are artistically minded to explore that method of communication and really dive into those projects and see what you can communicate through this time. And this is going to be during that full moon that Mercury will be in Pisces. So use this full moon as an opportunity to do some kind of magic maybe with like around art or around music or, you know, through meditation, through projection, like think of how we can communicate without words. Yeah. So that'll be happening. Although I will tell you, it's going to be very, very fast because like almost no time later, Mercury will be in Aries. So take advantage of this time while you can. So shortly after the full moon, now we are in fact after, Mars will perfect that square to Jupiter. So this is at 10 degrees of Taurus and Aquarius. This is between February 26th, 27th-ish. We may feel it a few days before or a few days after. And this, I, I really wonder if we're going to see sort of a, a development uh, or a recurrence of something that we saw in February earlier. So around the February 13th is when Mars is going to be conjunct Pluto. And I think that this may signify either a development in whatever that showed, or it could also show like a closing like another conflict coming to a close or a closing end because this is a closing square. Mars is approaching Jupiter. So we may see something that like actually is coming to an end here that doesn't have to do with Mars and Pluto conjuncting earlier, but it may be another development of that. Just please be careful out there. Don't take on too much. Please don't take on any unnecessary risks here. Be very safe, as safe as you can be. These are two very confident in planets together that are in conflict. So like beliefs, Jupiter versus action, Mars, right? And if you want a sort of clue on where this might show up for you, look for that 10 degrees of Aquarius versus, right, Taurus for more clues in your chart. Sorry, Mars is going to be 10 degrees. And so is Jupiter. Aquarius. Yes. Yeah. Mars. And so is Jupiter. So Mars is going to be 10 degrees Aquarius. Jupiter is at 10 degrees of Taurus. And they are in square. Okay. 
And then what day is this on? This is going to be around that February 26th, 27th period. Got it. I was taking notes and I heard Mars square Jupiter and then everything else disappeared from my brain. So thank you very <laughs> <course>. much. Because <laughs> I wanted to listen to what it all meant. But then I was like, Wait if I don't write down these degrees, I'm going to totally screw myself later. No, I'm so glad because it gives me a chance to reiterate them too to make sure everybody gets them. So that's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and so then like with this time, right, around the same time we have Mars squaring Jupiter, this like overambitious moment, right, or like loud, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever, February 28th, we're going to have a really, this is very interesting. We're going to have the Mercury Kazemi sun, which I know I've talked about Kazemi a lot on here. I'll probably briefly mention it, like what it means. But they are also, Mercury and the sun Kazemi are conjunct Saturn in Pisces. So we have Mercury, sun, and Saturn all here together in a little Pisces cluster. Womp womp. This is really interesting as like an astrologer's perspective, but what does it mean on a Monday level? So when we have Sun, Mercury, Kazemi, this is when Mercury is exactly on the sun. And if you think about something that like is in the direct light of the sun, it kind of like blows it out, right? It's it's trying to look at something. My mentor recently just described this really beautifully. If you're looking at a light, right, and somebody paints something on that light bulb that is the same color as the light, it's going to be really, really hard to picture what that is, right? The sun is blowing out that image. So it's hard to grasp it, right? And that was Meredith from Soul Navigation. She's my fabulous mentor. So she was talking about that. And I think that's a great way of looking at it because you can't see what's beyond the light. It's it's all kind of blown in together. And so Mercury, while when it's amplified by the sun like this, it can become so loud that we like, miss the message, like the noise is too loud. If you're born with this, your mind and your soul are like so interwoven together, right? That it's hard to separate like your opinions or your feelings or your thoughts from like, who you are as a person. This can be where like our minds, our transportation, our technology, all things mercurial get like blasted or illuminated or turned way up the volume, right? So there's a lot going on. You feel very busy. But then you have it conjunct Saturn, which is this like oppressive, depressive, constricting, binding energy. So what happens when the three of these are together? So I think what's interesting is because it's in water, we may actually get some news about water restrictions, right? Or like a sobering wake up call, like something that like sparks, sparks our mind to go, oh, right, you know, but it's kind of a downer. It could be like that with that Saturnian flair and then especially around water. We may through find a solution for something, so like a breakthrough, right? But through limiting or confining ourselves in some way or confining something or limiting something else. Getting a sober or a clear mindset could lead to a big leap forward in your mind. Like you have this fantastic idea and suddenly you're able to move forward. But again, it's all through like getting rid of or limiting other things, other distractions, other stuff happening. And then conservative values or viewpoints might be highlighted. And I'm not talking politically here. I mean, like literally conserving, right? So conserving water, conserving energy, conserving that kind of mindset could really be highlighted in this moment, like what you need to do. Which, you know, this is happening only four days after that full moon. So very Virgoan also in the sense of like discernment, right? So we have this Kazemi happening. This may be something that sort of closes out this moon story after that Virgo full moon. And February 28th, I think should be a really interesting day. And I would mark it as what's going on here and maybe writing down whatever ideas are coming up for you. 
Amazing. I'm really curious to see news wise, like what this brings. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause there's been a lot of like news lately about like different waterways being constricted, being confined. How is that going to happen? So my mind immediately goes to climate stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The Neptunian influence on Saturn with both of them being in Pisces, I think has been really just from day one when Saturn went into Pisces, we were getting news more news about climate and then like all the water news we got last spring with the whales that was right as saturn entered pisces so really interesting stuff and i think that day in particular because of that really loud mercurial influence we're gonna see some interesting news here we are we're in march March. okay so when we enter march right we actually have some i i I hesitate to say quiet because inevitably something crazy will happen right but we really don't have (laughs) anything big right until this ingress of mercury in aries already on march 9th so it only spends time in pisces from february 22nd through march 9th that's why i'm like every year actually i kind of tentatively plan that like march and february that that period is going to be a highly creative point for me because i take advantage of that mercury in pisces so if you're creatively minded february 22nd through march 9th see what comes up for you i'd love to know Mercury will move into Aries on March 9th at 8.03 p.m. So anticipate that whole day. Mercury being in that 29th degree, technological difficulties. I just experienced this recently when it moved into uh, Aquarius, actually. But that whole day, miscommunication or like awkward communication, weird things happening. Check your bank accounts, that kind of thing. But it's going to move into Aries at the end of the day. So you might feel that tone shift around the evening or for some the next morning. It's going to zip through Pisces. When it enters Aries, it will immediately make a sextile with Pluto. And what's interesting about this, this is the opening sextile, and it's the first one with Pluto since Pluto went into Aquarius. So what has changed for you since February 4th by March 9th, right? What has developed? And think about like mercurial themes. So communication, transportation, technology, like how uh, your car, right? Like how have things developed for you with that story? And maybe it's not anything at all. Maybe it's really big for you. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see whatever brought up for you like around Mercury's conjunction with Pluto, if that has developed at all. But Mercury does move very quickly. So we're going to have this many, many, many times throughout Pluto's time in Aquarius. It's not going to be this like giant thing that could develop. Can I just say I think it is hilarious and stupid that it goes retrograde on April Fool's Day. Oh my God, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at that in my planner the other day and I was like, you (laughs) motherfuckers. First, you check it five times and you're like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You would. Yeah, you would. You would. Okay. So tricksy. <laughs> you scam. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Before, you know, we're, we're, we haven't reached the retrograde yet, folks, right? Not till April, not till not there Aries yet. season. You know, it's coming. It's always coming. <laughs> and so is eclipse season. <laughs> oh, hmm. I know. But I was going to get into that later, but here we are. When Mercury does move into Aries, right? So now we can expect the communication to kind of be the opposite of what it was in Pisces. So thinking like Aries fire, quick, blunt with your words. Uh, The thoughts can be lightning fast, but they can also be brief, right? Aries is quick flash of light. So if you get a good idea, write that down. (laughs) Passion is highlighted and speed is valued here. Now around the same time, we're going to have Mars. Here's where things get really fun and explosive. Mars and Aquarius will then square Uranus in Taurus at 19 degrees. So watch out for this one. Anytime Mars touches Uranus, things get a little... uh, I just want people to be careful out there. You think planet of action, Mars, versus planet of rebellion, Uranus, talking to each other in conflict in square. So watching out for acts that feel rebellious or sudden or completely unexpected. 
look out for outbursts and explosions or just like things going haywire suddenly for, you know, people's actions feeling like erratic or sudden. So it's not just you feeling those things. It could be somebody else's reaction to something. People may feel quicker to anger or blowing up or getting defensive and just like fiery saying what we didn't mean, right? Causing accidents in general is something just to be very careful of, especially wherever Aquarius and Taurus are in your chart. If they're in like, say the third house, like that, that could be something like a car accident. So I'm not trying to scare anybody because Mars square Uranus can also be a pivotal changing point in your life where something happens, you make a choice to act it sets you on a fantastic path that's like a breakthrough. Some people need that kind of explosive breakthrough to get to the next place. So it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but the energy is there to kind of go both ways. So I just want people to be aware. And looking where that Taurus and Aquarius energy is in your chart, specifically the 19 degrees, will help you kind of gauge where that might be coming in for you. Mars in Aquarius is squaring Uranus in Taurus at 19 degrees. Nailed it. On what day? This is on. This is also around that March 9th period. Jeezy I know. Yeah. What? Fire? Hello? <laughs> Fire, air, earth, all the things. Yeah. And then suns and water. So we're, we are the avatar. <laughs> we're all the elements at the same time. <laughs> My son and I are watching that right now. So forgive me. <laughs> I just imagined in Legend of Korra, little baby Korra stomping into the room and going, I'm the avatar and you got to deal with it. That's it. And it's very funny. And that's, I feel the energy. That's so here. the vibe. I love it. Yes, precisely. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. March, early March, just like we get some quiet and then as things start building into that square, just be, just be aware of that. Okay. So that's going to lead us right into the Pisces new moon the next day on March 10th. This Pisces new moon is happening at 20 degrees and it's at 1am in the morning doing that new moon ritual. You know, if you want to wait for actual new moon energy, I would wait until the night of March 10th to do it. If you don't really care, you could do it the night of the ninth. It'll still be a dark moon, right? This new moon is squashed, so sun, moon, squashed between Saturn and Neptune. And what I like about this is neither one of them are like right on top of it, so they don't have this overwhelming influence. We separated from Saturn a little bit, but we have some space from Neptune to still have some clarity. So how can we balance these two energies, right? Saturn being this constricting boundary, this like oppressive force at times, you know, but also can be really like that discipline and daily structure and and foundation can build like such a legacy, right? That's Saturn's high side. And then looking at Neptune, yes, it can be the illusion, the road, road rose-colored glasses, the falling into like complete abyss where like nothing matters, right? But then also it's our imagination. It's unconditional love. So like finding that balance between the two, I think is an interesting idea, especially around a Pisces new moon right now. Mars will still be, of course, in that square with Uranus, having just perfected right before. And the new moon may be something that signifies a reaction to whatever events that have just transpired. So a new chapter, new era, new moment, right, for you. You can take advantage of that energy if you need to move into a new place in your life. Now, what I like about this is Mars, while it's in that square, it's in a really good aspect to the nodes. So this may really be a breaking free from something that you need to break free from or break through, right? So what what is this new chapter going to look like? You you have the freedom and the power to write this for yourself and going forward into uncharted territory. And because the new moon is also sextiling Uranus, you're working in partnership, right, with whatever breakthrough this is. 
while this Pisces new moon might be happening at some kind of like chaotic time, I think, again, finding that balance between the Saturnian and the Neptunian, you know, <laughs> actual structure and formation and tangible things with imagination and all things that like cannot be touched, right, but are intangible, but like fantastical and wonderful. How can you move forward with those energies and balance? So for me, this is happening in my 12th house. It's actually pretty close to my ascendance. That's like affecting my subconscious, unconscious, but like also kind of affecting how I'm going to show up in the world. So that'll be a really interesting one. I'm very curious about this new moon for myself personally. Corey, for you, this is happening in the fifth house. Yes. Nailed it. Yeah. She's got the five up. She knows. <laughs> so that I think is actually what a nice place for this to be. This is the house of joy, baby. This is like fun times. <laughs> this is childlike energy or literal children. This is your stage, right? Like however you want to express yourself, the house of self-expression. First and foremost, joy and like sweetness, goodness in life. Like what, what for you, Piscean like themes for you are going to come up around this time and what new chapter do you want to write? I think that's pretty exciting. So Nice place to have it. Dada's going to have it in her fourth house. And the fourth house covers all things like family and like also karma can really exist here. But it's like the home, right? So the security of home, where she's come from, and all of the sort of background of this was my childhood. These were my past lives can live in this area. This is my family and Ooh. the family dynamic and in relationship with mother is the fourth house. So look where 20 degrees oh. of Pisces is in your chart and you might have an idea of what this new moon signifies for you and hopefully i didn't step on anybody's toes <laughs> no no okay good i was just thinking about Detta's fourth house yeah <laughs> you know some of these themes right i think they can when we look at our chart and, and we go oh that's where this is happening and suddenly things go oh that's where this is happening <laughs> you know <laughs> but certainly i like yeah <laughs> i like doing this with you too with Detta. i'm I'm sad she's not here today, but I know she will listen later. And so I'm going to say this for you and for her. I like doing this with you with Dada because it makes it easier for us to know how we need to support each other during times that might be a little bit trickier. And I think that's nice. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that that helps with that. That's great. It helps me. I don't know if Dada looks at it that way, but I do. I love that. <laughs> well, I would hope, you know, this is the hope. I want to be a resource for all that are listening. And I do not want to leave you with like terror, right? Like this, the point is to yeah. know what the energy is, know what the forecast is so you can dress for the weather, right? That's the hope. You're checking the vibe. Great. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Indeed. And you know what? Here's what I love about this next, right? So Venus, the next day after that new moon is going to enter Pisces. And yay, Venus loves being in Pisces. Oh my goodness. It's her exaltation. So she loves the sign of universal love and all things poetic, musical, beautiful, imaginative. Venus, all the things we want to attract. Venus being our self-worth and literal money also. She loves being in this sign. So we'll have this nice, big, fat Pisces stellium happening with a bunch of the, with two of the personal planets, Mercury, Venus, the sun, the moon, Saturn, Neptune. That's a lot. Any babies being born around this time, like all the Pisces. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple days later, we're going to have the sun conjuncting Neptune. So the sun will finally catch up with Neptune on March 16th, 17th-ish. You're going to feel it a lot throughout those days. This is very dreamy, right? This happens once a year because the sun travels around through the whole zodiac. So this is the 
the this year's sun conjunction with Neptune. So what is your relationship to these Neptunian themes we've been talking about, to imagination, to delusion, self-delusion, and lies? Can you start a new chapter or do you want to sink into some ecstasy here? And I don't mean the drug, but although, you know, do whatever you want, people. I, I don't try to control anyone. I'm not here to convert, right? Sink into whatever fantasy you want to, right? And go forth and please be safe out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I'll say. Uh, but careful around this time, right? Because anytime Neptune's involved, it's really easy to fall for schemes or dupes or situations that need to be solved. And this rose-colored, fantastical, perfect, too perfect idea comes along. And, oh, it's going to make everything better. Uh, take some reality, right? And make sure. In, yeah. In the words of one of my favorite podcasts, cure-alls cure nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Fabulous. keep your eyeballs open for somebody saying, I have the answer to all of your problems. Yes, exactly. Because they don't. Right. <laughs> Nobody does. Oh, yeah, so true. Yeah. So just be aware of that around this time. And really, I think anytime the sun is in Pisces, we have to be aware, right? Like these energies are out there. And well, you know, sometimes these breakthroughs can be so extraordinary and feel like they've clarified so much for us. They can also do the same and delude us. So it's important to just have that critical hat on. And this is overall a very deeply reflective time as we reach the very, very, very final degrees. And we're talking like the last three degrees of not just Pisces, but the entire Zodiac, right? Before the sun reaches Aries season on March 19th at 8.06 p.m. So March 19th, yes, Aries season starts, but that sun will be at the 29th degree, the very, 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 very last light of the whole Zodiac, that whole day. Once it hits Aries, it's going to be, I, I mean, personally, I think it's going to definitely feel different. And we're going to have an immediate sextile with Pluto for the sun. So I'll get into more of that energy at the start of next season. Also, caution coming soon, we're going to have Mars entering Pisces and a Libra eclipse at the end of March. So eclipse season is coming. <laughs> Write down everything. What time does the sun enter, Aries? That will be at 8.06 p.m. Pacific time on March 19th. Perfect. So just get ready wow. for a wonky day that day, I think. And if you want to, if you can take that day to be reflective, to 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 take a little Piscean rest if you can, because it's wow. How long is Venus going to be in Pisces for? Oh, that's a great question. I don't have when it moves into Aries right in front of me, but I can look. That's okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want to know because <laughs> oh. it's well, Mercury in Aries is wonderful and I love using it for anything artistic. I just find that the, the Venus energy in Pisces is just so lovely. So it's going to be there from and I can look this up really fast. It will be there from March 11th all the way until April 4th. I ask because Venus is in Pisces for me. Oh, yes. That's your natal. Okay. That's where it lives. Yes. And so I want to know how long I have to really lean into Lean into her. it, baby. you got a <laughs> Venus return, which anytime you have a planet, right, re-entering a sign that it is natally, you can treat that as like new moon energy. Like it's your Venus return. We have, depending on the, the we have lunar returns once every month throughout our whole life. <laughs> We have our solar return happening around our birthday when the sun comes back. So you, this is your Venus return. And it's going to take a little um, shorter than the sun to make its return to your sign every year. Yeah, this gets to be work with the energy of Venus, of the goddess Venus, right? And how is that relationship developed? And how do you want to develop it further? Is the fact that I had a Mercury return and during Aquarius why my month was so weird? <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, I honestly think that Pluto Aquarius, you being an Aquarius with so much energy is probably going to add a lot to that. I don't know about you, but I've been asked a lot recently about my take on Pluto and Aquarius. 
personally, I have just really felt the weight of it, like in my own life. Um, I have a little Aquarius at home and I myself am a Leo. So I'm definitely feeling, I think all my fixed sign are people are really, really feeling this energy as like this like weight and just, you know, but also I had a bunch of personally, I had a bunch of planets sitting on my Saturn, which was all things Saturnian oppressive and (laughs) so I've not been like sick for years and suddenly I was super sick the last month. So this can really have like effects. It's so important if you can like just learn where your natal planets are because as the transits are happening and interacting with those planets, take note of like, how am I feeling right now? How does it feel to have my Mercury return in Aquarius? Are things like super loud and just like, all right. And Mercury in Aquarius is like, rather brilliant, but it can be kind of zany and all over the place. It's got that like Uranian flavor to it where it's sudden and important and also like unique too. So you may not have the same way of processing information literally as other people are going to. And that unique perspective is what gives us an an insight into like brilliance, frankly, to prop up all my Mercury and Aquarius people out there. You're great. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what's going on with and I'm not asking you to do a reading right now, but I'm just like noticing something happening in Taurus land. Mm. Like I feel like my Tor- my Taurus moon is just like really active since February started being like, does everybody feel safe? Does everybody feel secure? Do we all feel loved? Do you have a snack? Mm. Do you need an ibuprofen? Can I take care of you? So yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but I've got that feeling and I think it has a lot to do with Pluto and there's a sort of element of me that's like all right everybody hunker down grab a buddy do you have a snack do you have a water bottle we're gonna be on the bus for a really long time do you have to go to the bathroom oh my god what if <laughs> there's perfect an element description yes <laughs> there's an element of do you have the supplies you need for this yeah 20 years? oh my god <laughs> No less than, oh my God. Well, I think I think hopefully you'll feel a little bit of a lightning with this as the planets are moving out of Aquarius because we have an Aquarius stellium, stellium happening right now. For any of you mm-hmm. who have the square planets to Pisces this season that we're talking about, that's going to be Gemini Sagittarius, you guys might feel that kind of pressure on those placements next season, right? So whenever we have a, like a bunch of planets stacked together, especially our personal planets, which are those really intimate in relationships in our life and our influences, when they're, when they're squaring our natal planets, right? It's going to feel like, okay, that part of our chart, that part of our life needs to gear up a little bit because that square energy is forcing action. It's a conflict. It's tense. You know, we might really truly feel that in a very visceral way and be mentally preparing for it. But then of course, as you said, you also have Pluto's sort of overwhelming influence here. And it's being amplified by all of these personal planets moving into Aquarius. I hope things feel like they ease up a little bit because it is a long haul. (laughs) But I am not surprised. It's a marathon, not a sprint for sure. Yeah. And all of my folks with Taurus placements, also Scorpio placements out there. And then, of course, Aquarius and Leo. You're probably going to be feeling this for quite some time. I got a pretty clear message from uh, Spirit the other day. Yeah, you're going to feel it. Just get over it. That's the new reality, baby. Like, I don't want to hear you complain. Buckle up and deal. Exactly. So with that, let's talk about some magical days, shall we? Magical days. (laughs) Yes. Just to lighten things up. So as I mentioned earlier, February 18th, that first sun ingress into Pisces that night. And actually, honestly, that day, while the sun's in that 29th degree, which I don't always love, the moon's going to be traveling through late Gemini and then, of course, early Cancer. And it makes some really nice aspects to the nodes and Mercury and then finally the sun. So this is like the head and the heart working together. 
and trying to find some time while Mercury's still in Aquarius to do some like free meditation writing and some creative like story or poetry or music and share it if you can. Try to have like maybe a community ritual if possible, working with some of that Aquarius energy, Gemini energy, the relationship, and then also like bringing in the elements of Cancer where the moon is and then Pisces where the sun is going to. So also magic to like free yourself, let loose a little bit, escape, shed your inhibitions. This is a great time. Great great time to do some like vocal work if you do any kind of like singing or like meditative singing kind of thing like that this would be a marvelous opportunity for that or to try it for the first time even if you're just like alone in your garage like I do sometimes (laughs) and thinking about like cancer and Pisces as receptive energy what would you like to receive this season of Pisces is something to keep in mind as well If we go forward a little bit, March 3rd and 4th, I talked about how that very, very first week of March is a little bit quieter. I do like that the moon, when it's in Sagittarius, especially when it's aspecting to Mars, Venus in Aquarius, is a really nice transit. So the sun and Mercury at that time will be in a wide sextile to Jupiter, but off of Saturn's oppressive influence. And Mars is in this nice aspect with the nodes happening. Venus, while it's square to Uranus at this time, that can also be that sort of breakthrough energy that's positive or something that happens that builds your self-worth hopefully or that you aim to build your self-worth those venus themes or literal physical worth money this is a heart, your your heart in partnership with balancing these divine masculine feminine energies. So that moon in good relationship to Mars, Venus. So maybe it's changing up something about the aesthetic of your home or you, like your physical body, your environment, right? Working in partnership with that Jupiterian influence of beliefs and big ideas. This is great opening doorway magic, magic for being like better liked or well liked among your peers, going after some sort of a big dream that moon in Sagittarius wants to travel and travel far, receiving some kind of a breakthrough or an open doorway would be great magic to do around this March 3rd, 4th period. While the moon's in Sagittarius. Then lastly, I while the Pisces new moon has its issues, I actually take this new moon for magic. So again, this is on March 10th. Mercury is really talking with Pluto really nicely at this time. The new moon being in that sextile with Uranus, while Mars, well, yes, it's in that square to Uranus. It's separating from it and it's in great aspect to the nodes. But what I would think is sort of like, amplifying the Mercury and Aries energy here. So thinking like quick answers, divination, get clear, honest, fast answers here, especially before the Sun and Neptune are conjunct later when things can get hazy and messy. So taking action right now to grow yourself while using your gifts, your talents, your experiences. These are all South Node themes playing into growing towards your North Node, where you want to be, where you're evolving to in this lifetime. What can you set on the road or what can set you on the road? me, to that Chiron energy. Now, once again, I'm bringing Chiron into this, but Chiron's still in that really close relationship with the North Node, which is talking to Mars. So what actions are bringing you toward healing yourself and healing others? And how is this living up to your greatest ideal, your highest self, whatever you want to call it, right? This is a great time for some new magic, new moon magic around this part of your life. So go forth and manifest, right? And have a great time. (laughs) Be safe out there and enjoy. I honestly feel like this season, it's take advantage of this season because right now we're still before Jupiter enters Gemini later this spring, summer, and things are still moving kind of. I mean, I, I feel like stuff's moving really fast already, but 
it's moving at a, a pace that it's okay, I can get a grapple with, right? And so take mm-hmm. advantage if you can, set your foundations straight. <laughs> Ironic for me to be yeah. saying that during Pisces season, but if you can't, because that, that Saturn Jupiter is going to help with that. So do what you can to just really take advantage of where you can this season and be safe out there. And then we will hit Astara and the year will start all over again. Amazing. Yeah. Hey, here's a question. Mm -hmm. You know I love this question. Oh, yeah. I ask it every time we do a solo Oh, God. Here we go. Yes. What three words would you say encompass Pisces season this year? Whatever that means Pisces 2024. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Breakthrough, for sure. Partnership. And... Oh, it's so good. I love that you ask these questions. This makes me work hard and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so hard to, very Piscean, it's so hard to nail down. I think it's going to be communicate, like communicate, okay. breakthrough, partnership. partnership. Yeah. That all sounds great. Cool. Those are like positive like they words. Could go together. I want them to go together. I want them to be positive. I want them to help. Right. Yeah. I think even more than positive, these words seem actionable. Yes. And there's a lot of, I mean, you guys heard me. I talked a lot about Mars. Mars is making some big moves. Being in that square to Jupiter, being that square to Uranus, right? And it's after this Mars conjunction to Pluto, which still has not happened. We are recording this now. It has not happened yet. It's going to happen in two minutes. (laughs) So I'm really curious what is going to happen and how we're kind of dealing with the ramifications of that. So definitely opportunities here to take some good action. Please do your best. Amazing. Amazing. A lot of stuff moving quick this season, I feel like. A lot of stuff coming like in and out of, there are not of- usefulness, but like <laughs> in and out of like optimum yeah. usefulness. I would say, you know, especially with Mercury moving so fast too through the signs, which Mercury typically is our, one of our more intimate influences right and so it zips through Pisces so fast and we have quite a lot of ingresses even though everything's all in one sign together last season for Aquarius we had everything moving into Aquarius what is this signifying this new chapter right and now it's okay how is the ground moving under our feet and like how are we moving forward and there's this moving forward of oh god it's moving whether we like it or not (laughs) so yeah just now it hit me that there's sort of this energy of okay okay wrap it up this is the end of this year like wrap wrap it up everybody exactly that is so (laughs) to a letter perfect yeah that's it (laughs) oh pisces season yes as an aquarius i understand how it feels to be at the end of the year people you know they're like ready for the next year but our seasons are important. Oh, absolutely. Happy Pisces season, Pisces. Yes, happy Pisces season. Happy birthday. I felt like I said that so Saturnian. I was like, happy Pisces season. <laughs> happy Pisces season. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Conwin. This was really fun. My pleasure. And we missed you, Dada. Yes, Dada, we missed you so soon. much. Please feel better. Send all your good energy uh, to Jetta, everyone. All that good energy. And Jetta, buckle up because Pisces season's arrived. Yeah. So with all of that being said, you know, be well, act with intention, and don't forget, you are magic. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches 
on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.